0: The Adventures of Elizabeth Crown presents The Phantasmal Return of Raymond Walsh, Episode 5 Maud was trying to breathe through her mouth. She sat in the driver's seat, leaning her head against her hand. The smell was unbearable now, a powerful miasma that reminded her of pickle juice Of all the things that bothered Maud, a collector of exotic perfumes, it was offensive odors. If she could have anything right now, it would be a clothespin. "'What is she doing in there?' blustered Raymond. "'It's been nearly two hours. Shouldn't she have come out by now?' "'I'm sure she's all right,' said Maud, barely able to convince herself. "'Elizabeth has her ways.' Damn it, growled Raymond. Damn it, damn it, damn it, damn it, damn it! His voice was hoarser with every curse. He pressed fingers into his eye sockets, staving the flow of tears. Why did they do this to me? Maud perked up. She twisted in her seat, trying to see the man behind her. Do what to you? Raymond was shaking now. It wasn't just distress, his shoulders quaked, his fingers wobbled in their knuckles, his face was soaked in feverish perspiration, his posture was palsied. Do you know what it took to leap out of that building, to take my own life? Do you know how unnatural that is, how your soul screams at you not to do it, the shame you feel? Or even thinking it. The people you'd betray. The duties you'd leave to others. Deciding. Changing a mind. Changing a mind again. It's madness. The desire to die. But it takes over all your thoughts. You can think of nothing else. Every knife. Every rope. Every bridge you cross. They taunt you. You lie in a bath and you wonder. Could I do it? Could I hold myself under long enough to erase the pain of living? So many ways to die. And then you're standing there. You're standing on a street corner and a a trolley car is coming. And you realize, yes, you could just take a step at just the right moment and it would all be over. But then it's real. So real, it terrifies you. You can't believe what you're thinking. But then again, why not? The physical pain? How long could that last? Minutes? Days? What does that compare to the years of life you're supposed to live? And then, at last, you make up your mind. This is the day. You don't know why, you just woke up and you knew. This is the last time you'll go to work. This is the last time you'll brush your teeth. This is the last time you'll look through this window. And you're afraid, of course, but you're also relieved. You have finally found the courage. No, not the courage, the resolve. I know it wasn't brave what I did, but you wouldn't believe the strength it takes. I hope you never do. And now, to come back. To wake up from all that. When I had done it, I succeeded. And now look at me. This broken body, this terrible pain. Why would anyone do that? What need was there to bring me back? It feels like punishment. This is my penance for doing something so wrong. This is hell. Maud was speechless. Yes, his words were awful, but she couldn't think of a rebuttal. Her natural optimism was failing her. She couldn't look at him. His condition was too grotesque. His pain was too obvious. She stared hard at the dashboard, searching for words. And it was them, Raymond growled. They were the ones who did this to me. Playing God, I suppose. Well, they should take a look at what they've done. They should see what a second coming really looks like. And with that, Raymond threw open the door. Elizabeth woke to the smell of ammonia. Her eyes fluttered and a tiny bottle came into focus. First, she felt a pounding in her head, then pressure on her ankles and wrists. She felt cold and clammy, and then she realized she was naked, except for the sheet pulled over her body, up to her neck. She twisted, panicked, but her sight was still foggy. The red light burned above her, a blinding focal point surrounded by incoherent darkness. "'It's all right,' came a soft, feminine voice. "'There's nothing to fear.' You're safe, Elizabeth. Clarissa's face came into view, eclipsing the red bulb. She was smiling, the same as ever. Her beady eyes glinted happily behind her spectacles. What are you doing? Stammered Elizabeth. Let me go, this instant. I can't do that, Miss Crown, said Clarissa. But I think it's time we were honest with each other. You're not really Mr. Walsh's cousin, are you? At least, that's not what it says on your business card. Her voice was as sweet and docile as ever, like a gold-hearted nurse. But I haven't been exactly honest, either. My uncle has nothing to do with this room. I doubt he's ever been in here. He still thinks it's a supply closet... It was you, said Elizabeth. You're the one doing the experiments. Do you know what it's like to lose a parent, said Clarissa. You've lost someone, I'm sure. Most people have. But imagine your mother and father in the prime of their lives for no reason at all. An accident, a broken pipe, in a hotel they should never have had to visit. The hole it leaves in your heart. Nothing can fill it, Elizabeth. Nothing. Clarissa, seethed Elizabeth. Let me go. Let's talk about this. These things happen all the time, Clarissa went on. Little accidents, fatal mistakes, the child who goes skating and falls through the ice. A housewife who electrocutes herself, gas leaks, falls down the stairs, breathing too much smoke in a fire they ended up putting out, a bad cold even, healthy bodies all dying for silly reasons. I've seen them all, Elizabeth, every kind of tragedy. But what if they didn't have to stay dead? What if you could bring them back? Give them a second chance at life. Clarissa, please. You've studied medicine, you said. The woman's voice had thickened. She still smiled, but she spoke through clenched teeth. I never had the chance. Uncle needed me here to help with all the busy work. But you went to medical school. You know how hard it is. The hours... trial and error. She pursed her lips, a kind of blush. You wouldn't believe how many tests I had to run, how many bodies I had to switch. But it will all be worth it, I know. And now, you are going to help me finish the work. Clarissa, for God's sakes! But that was all Elizabeth could say. She felt fingers drive into her mouth, a gag jammed between her teeth, a crumpled rag crowding her tongue. Clarissa inserted the cloth with unexpected force. She turned away, and Elizabeth craned her neck, trying to see beyond the edge of the mattress. She heard a clank, then the protest of metal wheels. Clarissa faced Elizabeth again, holding something in her hand. It was floppy and concave. A mask. A hose was connected to its snout, the surface ribbed like an accordion. I know you're frightened, said Clarissa soothingly. Everyone is afraid to die. But don't be. You're about to make history, Elizabeth. My first live test subject. Not a corpse. Someone living. Terminated and revived in a controlled environment. Clarissa crouched low. Elizabeth heard the squeal of metal. A tiny wheel was turning, a canister just beyond view. Gas hissed through the hose, escaping through the mask. All these years, Clarissa said, trying to get it right, perfecting the protocol. Just the right mix of chemicals, Just the right surge of electricity. Sometimes it worked. Their bodies moved, but their brains were useless. They just flopped on the bed like a fish. Others opened their eyes, tried to speak, but their bodies were broken. So many cadavers thrown away. So many cremations, all that paperwork, because no one would understand. No one knew how important this was. She beamed at Elizabeth. A tear dropped from her cheek. But you understand, don't you? One day, we'll live as long as we want. We'll choose when to die. Clarissa looked up, at the wall, at the photograph nailed to its surface. Her unsmiling parents, the mother and father she lost. She sniffled and drew a finger across her nose. We're doing this for you, she bleated. We're doing this for everyone. Elizabeth pulled at the restraints. The leather bit into her wrists and ankles. She writhed under the sheets, but her unclothed body only rocked back and forth. The mask hovered into view. A calmness settled over Clarissa's face, She looked so content, so affectionate. Then the mask came down, hard. Elizabeth felt her nose bend beneath the pressure. Her lips were smashed flat. She tried to scream, and she felt her own voice erupt from her throat, but the gag in her mouth muffled the sound. Through the smothering, she smelled a metallic odor. It eased into her nostrils like air. But it wasn't air. It was nitrous oxide, she knew. Pure, unsullied by oxygen. The same laughing gas employed in any dentist's office, but powerful, deadly. She felt her brain soften, relax, and a surge of euphoria flowed through her. Her throat seized, her back arched. She couldn't breathe, she knew, and in a few minutes she would suffocate. Yet her mind continued to mellow, uncaring what happened to her. She wanted to cough, to vomit, but she couldn't. Elizabeth felt Clarissa clamp down on her face with all of her weight. There was nothing she could do. This was how she would die, asphyxiated, bound to a bed in the basement of a funeral home she hadn't even known existed. A coldness ran through her body. Numbness in her fingers and feet, then no feeling at all. Her eyelids dropped down. Her mind wandered adrift. She could see nothing, feel nothing. All thoughts and sensations became ambivalent abstractions. The only thing she desired, to draw a single breath, left her mind completely. She fell into an emptiness beyond sleep, beyond dreams. She couldn't even feel the final thrum of her heart. Raymond stormed through the front door and charged across the living room. He heaved for breath. His body tingled, burned. His legs moved of their own accord. Maud was somewhere behind him, but he didn't care. He threw open doors, barreled down corridors, glanced at empty rooms. None of it was familiar, yet he knew he had been here before. The distinctive scent, the texture, the light, they triggered every instinct. This was the place. This was where he had woken. Elizabeth! He cried. He was sickened by the sound of his own voice, a guttural howl. He felt a moistness on his chest, and he looked down to see a gooey rope of saliva. He was slobbering now. He tried to lick the drool from his lips, but his tongue wagged impotently. Raymond saw a light, an electric glow, a cracked open door. He threw it open. His foot slipped, his knees buckled. He fell, thudding hard over the carpeted stairs, His body rolled across the basement floor, and his feet banged the legs of the mortuary table. Its wheels turned. The table drifted across the room. He lay there, gargling for breath. He could barely feel his limbs. A dull agony coursed through his organs. Still, he found his feet. He scanned the room, and there was the door. The same door he had stumbled through the day before. The same distressed wood. The same battered handle. He hurled himself against it, and the door flew open. He collapsed on cold concrete. He stayed there, on all fours, gasping. Raymond lifted his head. His muscles convulsed beneath his skin. He saw the bed. A woman lying there beneath a sheet, pale with death. A dead woman. Elizabeth's face. A metal bowl covering her hair. A strap around her jaw. Elizabeth, dead. He saw a woman standing in the corner, stock still, shocked, horrified, gazing back at him with tiny eyes. Who are you? He shrieked. What have you done? Raymond, the woman whispered. Raymond, is that you? She smiled queerly. You're alive. Oh, dear heart, you're alive. Raymond looked at the woman's hands. They were gloved. In her fingers, a hypodermic needle, enormous, filled with a yellow liquid. Droplets fell from the needle. And melted into the floor. You killed her, Raymond screamed. You killed her! It's all right, the woman said. I'm going to bring her back, just like you. She'll be alive again. Don't you see? Raymond tried to move, but his arms felt gelatinous. He crawled forward, one halting movement at a time. The woman sidestepped along the workbench. She turned to Elizabeth's body, then jabbed the needle into her shoulder. The liquid drained from its chamber. The needle came out, and a spot of blood emerged from the injection. Just like you, the woman murmured. She touched the black box. Her gloved fingers wrapped around a handle, a lever. She pulled. Electricity sizzled through the cord. Elizabeth's body jounced on the bed. Her head flew back. Her hands and feet vibrated in their restraints. The woman pulled back the lever, and her body was motionless once more. No! Raymond cried. He felt a surge of energy. He sprang upward, tackling the woman. She fought back, smacking Raymond in the face, grabbing his shirt, pushing at his chest. They wrestled in the air, a flurry of savage slaps and grapples. Raymond clenched her throat. With one last ounce of strength, he threw her against the wall. The woman's head thumped. Her eyes rolled back. She slid down the plaster, crumpling to the floor. Raymond fell on top of her. Their bodies were intertwined a mass of useless body parts. He nudged away from her, dazed, wafting out of consciousness. But it was more than that. The time had come at last. His life was slipping away. Raymond groped the bed. He heaved himself to his knees. He looked at Elizabeth. Beautiful Elizabeth. The woman he had so long admired, a dream finally realized. He saw her face, her sweet cheeks, her button nose. Her eyes were open. They darted back and forth, confused. She looked sidelong and she saw Raymond. Their eyes met. Oh, <gasps> Elizabeth! <laughs> you. Your life! Something hemorrhaged inside him, unraveled, burst open. Raymond fell away from the bed. His body rested against the floor. He exhaled into the stale room. He relinquished himself to eternity. And somehow, his lips warped into a final smile. This concludes The Phantasmal Return of Raymond Walsh. The Adventures of Elizabeth Crown are produced by Backpack Media, LLC, written and performed by Robert Eisenberg. Music by Eric Satie, Naoya Sakamata, and Purple Planet, used with permission. If you like what you've heard, you may also enjoy Ghost Bandits of Sonora, the latest book in the Elizabeth Crown series. You can find it on Amazon or order it from your local bookstore. For more information about the exciting field of Uncanology, visit elizabethcrown.net.